Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is the show where we choose a genre every month and we choose, uh, hopefully, the best of that genre. So we are in comic book movie month. And Greg actually picked this. We were trying to figure out which movie we wanted to do. We we're finishing up. And he brought up Blade. And boy, howdy. I, I love Blade. It's one of my absolute favorites. So one of my favorite fun facts about Blade, and Greg, I don't know if you know this, that Wesley Snipes actually wanted to play Black Panther. And this movie was actually going to be Black Panther. But... In the 90s, they couldn't work out the whole technology side. It, they had ideas, and it was, it was going to be a lot weirder and honestly not as good as what we got. So he actually didn't know anything about Blade when it came out. And he's like, who the hell is Blade? Oh, it's a vampire? So the one caveat he wanted, he's like, I just want this movie to have a ton of action. That's all I want. And so we got a ton of action. Um, this movie, it is a very early one. So this is in 1998. This is before the whole Marvel movie boom and all that stuff. And this one came out. Uh, it's, it's a good movie. And a lot of people say that this movie actually helped Marvel movies get going, honestly, because it was very successful and, and I don't know, made people interested in comic book movies. Cause before this, it was like, Howard the Duck and we got a another Captain America before this that one is not good they actually made an Avengers I want to say it's made for TV movie it ain't good <laughs> uh, we've had multiple versions and it's it, it is it is not the business so I am very excited about this movie and I love talking about it so with this one they change up things a little bit in the continuity the history of blade he is just a human that can't be turned into a vampire or hypnotized by a vampire he's still got the strength of a man the speed and so you know like every human in the marvel universe they're based like olympic strength and speed and all that stuff so he's really you know strong for a human but he's not super strong he only gained the strength of a vampire after meeting Morbius. Yeah, it's that guy that just had that movie. <laughs> so he actually gets bit by Morbius and Morbius being a living vampire and him being a, a dampier, half vampire, half human, just made his body all types of wiggly and weird and gave him all the benefits of a vampire without any of the weaknesses. And that's the version that we usually get uh, they've changed that like continuity multiple times. Uh, sometimes he's just a human that his mom was bitten when she was pregnant and giving birth to him. And some of them, he's just a damn peer. It just depends. But yeah, he's just, he's half human, half vampire with all the benefits. And so, uh, but no, if you have not seen Blade, uh, it is for all intents and purposes. And when people talk about it, it's a superhero horror film. It's probably the darkest, uh, but no, it's, I would say it's been a very long time since we had another horror type film in the Marvel universe. Uh, we just got a good one with Dr. Strange and that was pretty much the closest thing to a straight up horror film. But this one's got a lot of scary 
bases to it and stuff like that. So I, but no, it, it's great. So this is the first of a trilogy that Mr. Wesley Snipes, Wesley, I don't pay my taxes, Snipes did. And uh, he did pretty good. There are a ton of actually really famous, cool people in it. Uh, so we have Stephen Dorff. Uh, he's Deacon Frost. And in the stories, the continuity, Deacon Frost usually is the vampire that bit Blade's mom, Vanessa, and gave him his abilities, actually created the problem that he would have to deal with for a big chunk of his life. And Chris Christopherson, he plays Abraham Whistler. I learned that Whistler didn't pop up in the continuity of Blade for a very long time. He only popped up after the Spider-Man episodes when Blade popped up. So this is honestly around this time. And so they thought that Blade needed some type of handler, somebody. And so they gave him the first name of Van Helsing. And I don't know where Whistler came from. Yeah, hell, I don't know. So <laughs> Donald Logue. Uh, Katie and I, we were watching it, and he was in, oh, Grounded for Life. Uh, he's the dad in that, and he was Harvey Bullock in Gotham, a uh, really cool actor. Uh, tons of other really cool people. I didn't realize there's a vampire at the beginning of this movie. It's Tracy Lords, and she's like an old school uh, porn star. <laughs> I know I saw her face before. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the deleted scene, we were supposed to actually get Mor Morbius in this movie. He was going to be at the end. But they, I don't know, I guess they didn't think it was going to be cool. So they just left it out. So, yeah, we'll get into the actual story, the plot of this. Uh, it's fun. I would actually give this a really good shot. Blade 2, I like Blade 2 a lot. Blade Trinity, the third one, it, it's, it's, not that, it's not that good. He actually fights Dracula in that one. And at that point, Wesley Snipes thought he couldn't do any wrong. And... He had a lot of, uh, what, what's the word? There are a lot of things that people had to do on set or he would just quit. So they had to call him Blade while he was on set. He would not answer to his name of Wesley, his uh, government name. He, they had to call him Blade. And there were tons of other things. And yeah, he was trying to change scenes and stuff like that. Uh, Blade Trinity is ridiculous because of Ryan Reynolds. But I mean, Triple H is in it. He has a little Pomeranian vampire dog. That was weird. But yeah, we'll get through the story. <laughs> well, that's how he justifies the taxes, you know, the you know, his his government name. They they referred to him as Wesley. He was like, no, no, no. Blade don't know no taxes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hear killing vampires for y'all. I ain't he saw, he saw he saw the documents, referred to himself in third person, said, No, no, no. Blade owes nothing. Right. They're like, oh, cool. No, this ain't for me. Throws it in the trash. <laughs> That's Wesley. <laughs> Who's Wesley? Yeah. Wesley. <laughs> I don't know Wesley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in 1967, uh, we catch up on a cool little flashback. It's a pregnant woman. She's going into labor. Oh, no. And she is all types of jacked up. She got attacked by a vampire. And she is delivering the baby. And... <laughs> I remember Katie, uh, she was talking about they, they like intubated her to get her air. And in another scene, it just like disappeared. And she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, girl, don't, don't even complain about this. Well, and they didn't even do the intubation right. Yeah. Like they just, they just like 
gently set a tube in her mouth like a straw in her mouth like that's not how you intubate like I've watched a lot of doctor dramas that ain't how it goes and then in the next scene she just didn't even have the little straw in her mouth they were like yeah fuck it she's fine (laughs) it fell out nobody cared at that point they're like man this is another five seconds (laughs) you fine girl but unfortunately the woman dies and we'll talk about what happens for her later so they say 30 years later a while goes by and the child has become a man. His name is Blade. So we meet up with Blade when he hops into a club. It's one of those fancy clubs like in The Collector that's behind like a restaurant. You got to do all the sneaky stuff to get in, have a code. So this sexy vampire lady brings in this dude to the, to the rave. And he's let's, like, not call it, let's, let's not call it a fancy club. That's not fancy. <laughs> So they go into the club and he's like getting pushed and stuff. And he's like, I just want to drink. And then blood comes out of the sprinklers from above. And he's like, what the hell is happening? And then everybody starts getting fangs and drinking blood. And he's all scared. And then he starts to almost get attacked. And then the water goes off and Blade appears. And everybody's like, oh, shit, it's that guy. And you can tell at this point blade has been doing tons of damage because everyone knows who the fuck he is and he starts to fight and he has weapons that are just laced with silver and it just in this world vampires don't just like die and stay on the ground when they get stabbed or sliced or shot with a gun that's got garlic and silver in it they just like implode with fire and then they just disappear so that's like Oh, that's how you explain that no one has seen a vampire's body because it just turns into fire and goes away. I'm like, okay. So Blade kills all the vampires that aren't just running for their lives. And he pins one vampire against the wall. Hey, it's Donald Logue. It's Deacon Frost. He's looking for Deacon Frost and he knows that Quinn is his little second in command. He's like, tell me where Quinn is. He's like, I ain't telling you shit. And he's like, well, I knew you were going to say that. And it just sets him on fire and walks out. He's like, bro, I don't care about you. So the police, they get there and Blade disappears. And they take that corpse that is on fire. They put it out. And they actually take it to the hospital. And unfortunately, he wakes up and he attacks one doctor and just destroys this guy. And he bites the hematologist, Karen Jensen. And so you can tell that she's important because... They put the camera on her a lot and she does a lot of talking and she's tough. And I'm like, oh, cool. Well, you're very important. And she gets bit. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so Blade pops up at the hospital because he knew that, that Quinn wasn't dead. And he tries to kill Quinn. Quinn gets away. So he grabs Karen because he feels bad because Karen looks just like his mom. And I don't understand how he knows that flashback. But apparently he saw her face. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he has a very vivid flashbacks of his his never before seen mother's face says she's dying it's it's the vampire power he can remember things from birth <laughs> that he has no memory of yeah i remember my mother's face as i was 20 minutes old <laughs> <laughs> so blade takes karen to the safe house where he's at with his friend abraham whistler as steve likes to say uh apparently if you look at one of the maps that blade has they're in New Orleans right now, and they're just traveling around looking for Deacon Frost. It didn't look like New Orleans, but apparently 
the map was New Orleans. So, <laughs> and Whistler explains to Karen that him and Blade, they've been fighting vampires for a super duper long time. And now Karen, she's been bit by a vampire and we have things that'll heal you, but hopefully we didn't wait too long. And they put her in a room. They're like, well, hopefully you're good the next day. Unfortunately, the bite isn't healing. And so Whistler tells Karen that she's probably got like two days before she turns to a straight up vampire. And then she should probably kill herself or Blade will find her and then he'll kill her. So <laughs> they tell her to actually leave the city, but it, it don't matter. She's going to die either way. So while this is happening, we have a one of those elder scenes, you know, you know, in a movie where it's like the bad guys, they're always like, we've been doing this council for billions of years. It's always like that inside a room of old people. <laughs> it's the same situation here. But our boy Deacon Frost, he's that that young upstart that everyone hates, but apparently he gets stuff done, I guess. <laughs> Everybody hates him, but they don't tell him to shut up. He just says and does what he wants. And they're just like, oh, that Deacon, he gets under my skin. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really odd. So uh, Deacon is the face of the new generation of vampires. So the old generation, they want to stay in the dark and just kind of bite people when they need to and do things like that. Deacon's like, fuck that. We're in charge. Let's make giant blood banks and put bodies in weird bags and just drain them for their whole lives. That comes up in Blade 2 and 3. But he's all about that. He doesn't want to hide anymore. The fact that the only thing they're worried about is the sun and blade. Like if we get rid of those two issues, there's nothing stopping us. And so the older vampires are like, shut up. So uh, yeah, they're constantly fussing with him. And he is in the library of the vampires. And he's looking for something in particular, something that can help them with their sun issue. So Karen, she goes back to her apartment because she's packing because she's going to leave. And then she doesn't lock her door like Katie saw and I saw. And then a cop comes in. He's like, hey, oh, uh, I, I just wanted to make sure you were fine. She's like, I'm good. Get out of my apartment. And he's like, not before I shoot you, bitch, and pulls out a gun. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Blade appears in her apartment, just like a ninja, and beats the shit out of this guy. And he tells her that this guy is a familiar. And so in vampire lore, witch lore, just, you know, supernatural lore, the bad guys they usually have to hide or re like regenerate their powers at some point and so you use humans because humans can be up at day and night and do everything and they're stupid you use them to do all your shit while you're busy and so in the show what we do in the shadows uh guillermo or gizmo he's a familiar and the vampires shit on him and that's what usually happens vampires don't really care about their familiars they really don't because they can just get another human anytime so blade beats the shit out of this guy and he actually is interrogating him and blade's type of interrogation is i'm gonna put this gun to your face and tell you you got five seconds before i shoot your head off i don't care and karen's like don't do that and he gets away the cop runs off and blade's like bitch like i can't believe you let him go and so they actually stake out his police car and he pops up a couple hours later because he's a dum-dum and leads them to the building where uh, it's another spot, a blood bank that Deacon Frost uses. They go in, 
and Blade and Karen, they find this like super obese vampire. Uh, apparently in the commentary, they said uh, the vampire's name is Pearl and they wanted to have little children corpses all around Pearl's body because they were like, well, Pearl's too fat to chase down people. So vampires would just bring Pearl bodies to eat right there. And they were like, damn, that's kind of fucked up just having little dead bo- dead kid bodies around Pearl. They're like, eh. So it's dirty all around Pearl, but I don't think there's any kids when I, when I watched it. So they use a UV light and they just hit Pearl's old chunky pale body. And Pearl tells them that Deacon is trying to f- uh, finish this ritual and he needs 12 pure blood vampires to awaken the blood god, Lamagra. And yeah, and Blade's blood is the key. And Blade's like, I don't give a shit. But Lamagra is scary and probably could end the world, just like everything in the Marvel Universe. So in uh, later on, they have to run off because Deacon and his friends get there and Blade gets zip zaps. They, they beat him up. He's really good at fighting, but when there's a ton of really good fighters around him, he can't get worn out. And he is constantly fighting the fact that he does not drink blood he takes a fancy serum so he doesn't have to drink blood because he's like no i'm i'm not human i'm not a vampire i'm special but i'm not drinking blood because i'm not one of them so this whole time blades fighting at a disadvantage because every time he does drink blood he is a hard ass (laughs) so that is always the thing that he's fighting against so uh, unfortunately, that serum is starting to wear off because he's using it all the time because he doesn't want to drink blood. So at some point, it's not going to work anymore and he's going to be all types of fucked up. So while experimenting on a way to cure Blade's blood, bloodlust, or just cure him of being a vampire, Karen discovers a new mixture that when it is combined with vampire blood, it explodes. <laughs> So it just makes like a works bomb. Uh, y'all don't know what that is. It just makes a bomb. <laughs> don't start. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it just pops after a couple of seconds. So she makes, she synthesizes a little containers for these. And she's, you know, she's like, Blade, use these. They'll blow the fuck up on people. And she's like, I'm still going to work on a cure for you. It's going to take me a while. But as long as, you know, I have time and I don't die from being a almost vampire, we'll be fine. So, unfortunately, Blade goes out because he's looking for some more info on LaMagra. While he's gone, Deacon Frost and his men run up on the hideout, and they beat the shit out of Whistler, bite Whistler. They don't say this, but they do bite the shit out of Whistler, and abduct Karen. When Blade comes back, uh, he gives Whistler his gun, and Whistler is like, I'm going to kill myself because they bit me. I'm not turning into a fucking vampire, bro. And he's like, okay. And he tells Blade to shoot him, but he's like, I ain't doing it, man. I love you too much to do that. So Whistler's like, give me the gun. I'll do it myself. So he shoots himself. Or does he? We'll find out in the next movie. So Blade, he goes to actually rescue Karen from Frost's penthouse. And bum, 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 his mom is alive. How the fuck did that happen? Oh, yeah, she got bit by a vampire. She's a vampire now. <laughs> and she is with her cool boyfriend, Deacon Frost. So we find out that Deacon, in this version also, was the person that bit the mom and gave 
Blade his powers. He's like, yeah, you're my son, kind of, maybe. <laughs> uh, Blade is all types of fucked up mentally and physically because he gets his ass beat. And they take him to the temple to start the ritual. So Frost, he grabs the Council of Vampires, uh, minus one. I guess there were 13 of them. Uh, he killed one vampire that actually kind of liked him, I guess. He killed him earlier in the movies, put him out in the sun. But all, all the vampires are there. And he has them all set up in a drain blade of his blood. They put him in this weird, like, smushy machine. And it's like, it cuts into his um, uh, wrists and drain him of his blood. And so they let him out at that point. They don't give a shit. He can't do anything. He can't, he's not ready to fight. And so the ritual starts and the blood drops onto the council members. And then the blood drops on the Deacon Frost's head. And then the vampires, like, their skeletons come out of their mouths and they fly in the Deacon. That was a lot. The CG looked real bad. But he is Lamagra, I guess. So while this is happening, Karen finds Blade's body and she realizes that she has to do something to help Blade because he has no blood in his body and he's going to die. So she tells Blade to bite her. And Blade's like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. But he bites her and drains her blood. Not all of it doesn't kill her, but Blade gets up and he's ready to go. So after killing his mom and, you know, the mom's like, hey, we could be a family, me, you and Deacon. And he's like, nah, you need to die. You should have died that night. So here you go. You did. <laughs> after that. Blade runs into the middle of the temple and yells for Frost and then all the bad guys come out. So this is that situation where all the bad guys come one, one by one and Blade is just rocking their shit. Uh, he is the strongest at this point. He is kicking people off the ground. They're flying away. He is super duper strong at this point and he's doing work. So Deacon and Blade meet up and he gets his sword back and they start to fight he cuts deacon in the middle he slices him in half and blade turns he's like yeah we done and then his body reforms and it's funny if you look at blade's mouth right then he turns back he looks at him and he says what the fuck <laughs> yeah he like mouths what the fuck when he sees him reform and deacon starts to beat the shit out of blade because he's a he's a god so Blade sees that there is a serum stuck on a rock above him. So he throws his sword and the sword's got this sweet ass little catch that the spikes pop out. And so he sets it and throws it up there and grabs the serum. And Deacon's like, what are you going to do? You're going to heal me of my vampire powers? Fuck you. Blade throws all the serums into his body and drop kicks the last one into his head. But not before saying... Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. That is not that is not a blade line. Wesley Snipes came up with that line. And the director was like, ooh, that's good. And they put it in the movie. I think that should be Wait, Blade's which line. line? Huh? Which line? Which uh, line? Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> it did feel like kind of out of place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh he was explaining Deacon Frost and his like reasoning of what he does 
you know, why he does things. And Wesley Snipes says he seems like the type of dude that would try to ice skate uphill for fun. And they were like, damn, that's really nice. Like, that sounds like an asshole. Yeah, he's a gay. He's an asshole. So he killed the, the, the god. Lamagra's exploded, except for one leg. It didn't explode. So hooray. And Blade tells Karen that she can keep her cure for now and just make him a better version of the serum so he doesn't have to worry about drinking blood all the time and he can just go kick ass. In the epilogue, he's in Moscow killing vampires. I think in the second movie, he's still in. I think he's in Russia at some... I forgot where, but second movie starts and he's not in America fighting Russian vampires. So that is Blade. So, Katie, who is your favorite character in Blade? I really liked Karen. Um, she immediately was like, oh, fuck. Okay, vampires are real. This sounds crazy, but I'm going with it. And immediately jumped in and was like, all right, let's fucking find a cure. Let's fix me. Then we'll fix you. Like, let's let's fix this shit. And she was by his side trying to help him out the whole time. Um, a lot of times when someone gets thrown into a situation like that in a superhero film they're very much like they drag their feet they're not interested they kind of hesitate and push back a lot against the hero um and she didn't do any of that she was just like oh fuck well this is my reality now let's let's get rid of it like let's do as much as we can and i really liked that about her character uh greg so i had one and then Otis informed me and made me realize that uh, Whistler is Chris Christopherson, which I had no idea. <laughs> and so now that is my favorite character because it's Chris Christopherson. We're talking about the country star. He was on the he was in the highway man. I was a highway man along the coach roads. I did ride. Love that song. Okay, so just by default by being chris christopherson automatically my favorite character and it has nothing to do well i take it back there are some reasons within the film as well um the more i think about this film the more it kind of reminds me in a way of of cowboy bebop and if this were the equivalent of cowboy bebop then whistler is basically jet black to wesley snipes is uh, uh spike yep. and i and i and i enjoy their dynamic very much but to be perfectly honest, it's just the sheer fact that Chris Christopherson is in a vampire movie. And that's 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 it. Yeah, I enjoy the relationship between Whistler and Blade. So Blade is trying his best to not act like he cares about Whistler. But legit, that's the closest thing to a dad that he's ever had. And all the time, you know, Whistler's like, do this, do that. And he's like, shut up. But he does listen to him. Uh, I thought it was really cool. But just like with Batman, like Batman and Alfred, I love that relationship. It's like, you're doing insane stuff and I'm enabling you and we're best friends. I'm like, yeah. So, and it's cool. Like there were points where Whistler, like an explosion would go off and Whistler would disappear. And Blade's like, he can handle himself. Don't worry about him. And then you see him pop up later, just sneaking away. Like, oh shit, he really can. <laughs> Uh, he's never worried about him. He's like, oh, he's he's a badass. Don't don't worry about that guy. He's old as fuck, but he could still kill everybody in this room. So, 
um, limping, yeah. throughout the, limping throughout the whole film. Right. <laughs> uh, but not yeah, Whistler and Blade. They're like my favorites. Katie, who was your least favorite character? Uh, my least favorite character was Quinn, uh, played by <laughs> the guy from uh, Grounded for Life. Um, I like that actor a lot, but his character in this movie was unbearable. He was like, I don't know, I guess like a second in command to the main bad guy. And he was just annoying as hell the whole movie. He was like that suck up second in command guy where he just like anything the bad guy was saying, he was like, yes, how how hard do you want me to jump? How far do you want me to do it? And everything he said was obnoxious. So he was my... Uh, least favorite greg deacon frost really he is such until the very end he is such an underwhelming villain there's basically nothing to him he's not menacing he's not a all that of a great speaker he's not exciting in any way all he does is throw raves and walk around with the Coolish haircut and a button-down <laughs> shirt with the top button open, his chest out. It's just, ugh, I just, I needed more from from the villain role, and I don't, I have not read the comic, so I don't know how he is in the comic, but I hope he's not like that because he is super meh in that film. Yeah, in the comics, Deacon is constantly getting like reformed and coming back. He's way worse in the comics. Deacon and this form of Deacon makes me think of like in action movies when you have that Weasley guy that's the technical person in charge, but they can't really fight, but they have like the big guy that does all the fighting for him. There should have been a big guy ready to fight. And he they didn't have one because Donald Logue ain't gonna fight Blade because he got his head cut off instantly when he fought him. So yeah, there was something missing. Uh, he was good at like getting like dumb people to work for him. He's real good at that, <laughs> but it's kind of it. But it's it like it seems like it was just based off his supposed coolness that he got people to work for him. Yeah, and <laughs> that's just that's just not a very great villain at all. Yeah, yeah look at me, I'm cool. <laughs> look at my shirt. Look at my haircut. Like, like you're the villain. You just have parties in the back and you just sit there. Right. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so every time I watch this, it always changed who my least favorite was. But this time, uh, at the beginning of the movie, you see Karen's ex-boyfriend is like a doctor. And he's like, we should get back together. And she's like, no. Why? And I was like, God damn, man. She said, no, geez, like, come back to it another day. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just push. He's like, why did we break up, Katie? Like, because you a bitch. Oh. You want to get that guy together was gross. now? Like, no. <laughs> and then he gets bit by a vampire. And then later on, he's in this like pit, and Karen has to like fight him off. And he's no better, even as a zombie. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it takes them two seconds. Like, that was such a waste of a reappearance. Like, you didn't even like th- hardly threaten her whatsoever. She got away too easily. Yeah. <laughs> she was really not that terrified of him. He was a wiener, just a wiener with a bloody face now. I'm like, you ain't that much scarier to you. <laughs> a wiener turned into a zombie, basically. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna bite you. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not bad. 
<laughs> you didn't okay. bite me when you're human. You're going to bite me now. All right. Okay. So let's do seven word synopsis. So I only had one. I don't know. Uh, the one I have is Whistler is like sassy Alfred to Blade. Uh, he is constantly sassing that boy. And Blade, he stays quiet a lot of the time. He makes a lot of faces at Whistler, but he can't say anything because he's probably speaking the truth. Uh, just like when he brought Karen home, he's like, oh, that's really stupid. He's like, shut up, man. <laughs> he's like, I know it's stupid. Just let me do this. Uh, and he tells it like it is to everybody. He tells Karen, yeah, you're probably going to turn into a vampire. And we're probably going to have to kill you or kill yourself. So just be ready for that. So, um, Katie. Uh, so I had two and they kind of flow together. Um, my first one, Karen deserved better character development than that. And my second one, at least they didn't fall in love. Yeah. I was actually surprised. Yeah. uh, So she was a strong female character, but they barely, like, messed with her at all. Like, they didn't give her a lot of lines. She didn't have a lot of building. Like, she was just strong from from the beginning, which is cool, but she didn't go anywhere. Like, she just was like, yeah, I'll help. And continued to like sacrifice herself or attempt to help blade in a way Um, i'm glad they didn't go the route of them falling in love because that definitely could have happened um, and has happened in many 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 films Um, but i'm really glad they didn't choose that because they were kind of leaning towards it for a minute um, and then they were just like nah we don't need that (laughs) and i liked it about i like that they didn't do that uh greg that too Black Vampire goes on Ruthless Vengeance Tour. Yeah. And Raving Vampires, an embarrassment to vampire communities. But to be perfectly honest, if I was a vampire in late 90s, early 2000s, I probably would have been in the rave too. We sure would be in there in fucking leather and our shades just getting it. <laughs> I, do, I do really like house music to this day. So <laughs> It's pretty fun. But, I probably would have been in there. Yeah, yeah. For me... I think it depends how long I've been a vampire. Because if I was like an 1800s vampire, I don't know that I'd give a shit about house house music and raves. Nah. But like if I was a no, 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 no. but if I was a freshly turned like 1990 something vampire, like hell yeah, we getting drunk as fuck off this ceiling blood. <laughs> I was I was more directed towards uh, Deacon because he didn't even like he didn't even party himself. He's just he's a he's a host that just sits in the back. Yeah, that's all he was kind of doing. Yeah, he was a little little curmudgeon. So this film came out August 21st, 1998. Good Lord. It actually came out before The Matrix, but the screenplay and the plot and all that stuff of The Matrix was made years before this. So I don't think they were copying anybody. It's just, it just worked out like that. Disagree. (laughs) Disagree. When the movie started, Kay's like, wait, did this come out before the matrix or after i was like i think before (laughs) yeah the matrix owes everything that it was to blade yeah there's some slow bullets and leather and 100 percent. did it come out it came out after mortal kombat right yes because Mortal Kombat, how people the effects how people exploded into blood and stuff like that kind of reminded me how people kind of were dying out in mortal kombat actually yeah yeah 
Yeah, but a lot of the slow motion scenes and the fighting scenes in this one, especially with Blade in his like big leather duster, that was like fucking the Matrix just was like, oh, Wesley Snipes did it. Now Keanu's doing it. We'll tuck <laughs> that away for later. Yeah, put that in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you guys think the budget was, Katie? 50 million. Biddy. Greggy. I bet $30 million. Wow. Usually goes above. I do not. Yeah, you do. You always go above. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. <laughs> hey, look at that. It paid off for Greg. The budget was $45 million. Oh, you meant above the other person. I thought you just meant it above the actual number. Oh, yeah, no. That I did. No, no, no. Above me, you would have usually said like $51 million. Yeah, you're right. I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, you're right. You're right. I definitely do that. Yeah. 50 point one million dollars. <laughs> yeah. One cent. Yeah. So uh, what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? Uh I said 150 million. Because okay. it made enough money to have two sequels. So damn right, it did. <laughs> Uh, Greg. And I mean, oh, that was a weird one. <laughs> that was so high. <laughs> I started. Yeah, I started out too high. I went. <laughs> I went like inverse. Uh, <laughs> one hundred and fifty-one dollars. <laughs> what am I doing? Billion <laughs> mm, dollars. I think is what he's trying to say. <laughs> oh God, I don't know what's going on. Hey, don't hurt yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, I might have just. Coughing up a little blood. 150. <laughs> Coughing up blood. <laughs> so the box office was 131 million dollars. Oh damn. <laughs> I mean, y'all are on the right track. It did make Buku money. Just just take away 20. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, everyone enjoyed this film. They, they thought it was great, different. You know, at that point, we had some vampire movies, but they were nothing like this. But it, it it's fucking awesome, you know? So, you know, some people said that, you know, not everybody's going to love everything and stuff like that. But the visuals looked amazing. The camera angles and stuff, the costumes and the sets, everything just looked different and cool. But I don't know. Some of the, the frumps out there, they were like, oh, I mean, it looks cool, I guess, but you know, people will be just dissatisfied. So, and I, I think this movie is absolutely cool. And it's a very important fucking movie to Marvel. So I, I always, always enjoy this film. So does anybody have anything else to say about Blade? It's a really good movie. And I forgot how good it was. Like, it's been a really long time since I've seen it. And it is really good. Some of the CGI doesn't hold up, but of course it doesn't. It's from 1998. But if you watch this film, you're going to be like, oh yeah, Matrix totally stole these ideas, like these camera shots and these angles and this fight scene style. Like there's so many different things that you will notice in current action films that kind of originated from Blade. And it's really freaking cool to see. Uh, would not mind a reboot of this. I mean, it's coming. 
Good thing you said oh, that, it? Greg, because the bad guy from the first half of Luke Cage, Marshal Ali, he is going to be Blade. Okay, yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, Marshal Ali is going to be fucking amazing. I cannot wait. Yeah. I don't know the director. I know the screenwriter has, she has made a ton of uh, episodes of, uh, I forgot what show it is. So she's done, she screen wrote a lot of really cool episodes of shows and stuff. So we're going to get back into that world and going off of how we saw Dr. Strange and stuff. I'm curious if vampires are going to already just be around and he's just doing stuff secretly or something happens and vampires are new. So I, I like to think that they're already around and just no one sees them, which is ridiculous to me, but what are you going to do? <laughs> I hope they don't overcomplicate the plot. It was refreshing to just watch a, a comic book based film that's just straightforward and there's no like connection to this film, but a connection to this film, then connection to this film. Like, I don't always need it. I mean, it's gonna because it's gonna be Marvel, so we have to connect it to some larger universe somehow. But yeah, I, I assume he probably won't be in New York, he'll probably be in some other state, probably far away from it, just to make it easier. Because if he was in like the Bronx fighting, it's like. Nah, Spider-Man would have saw this at some point. Somebody would have saw this shit. Daredevil would have heard you fighting vampires at some point. Be like, what the fuck is that? So he'll probably, uh, I don't know. And I know in the Blade TV show, he was from Detroit. And they, he was, so he was in Michigan doing stuff. So maybe he'll be in New Orleans, just like this movie. And just, you know, no one's over there. So he can just do his movie. You know, weird things happen and people just ignore it. They're like, oh, that was really weird. Oh, okay, and just go about their day, and he can do his movie and be awesome. So, uh, but I'm I'm very curious what they're gonna do Marvel wise because, I mean, he can be he has been a part of Avengers groups in the comics and stuff, but I mean, he's just a vampire that walks out in the day daylight. So, if they make the Midnight Suns, that's like the best group he's been in. That's got uh, sometimes Morbius is in it, Doctor Strange has been in it, uh, Ghost Rider and blade and uh, somebody else there's a couple other folks and they have their own group and they just go do cool shit so it's more of the supernatural side of marvel so if they do something like that and he deals with things like that that'd be really cool so hopefully that's what we get marvel they haven't really had a bad shot i know thor 2 wasn't that good but that's kind of it everything else is good to great so it, it's got a really good shot to be at least an acceptable movie so i don't think it'll be bad their blade their version of blade it's not gonna be rated r i'll tell you that so sure yeah yeah, yeah. sure buck won't be rated r which i don't know i like that it's just graphic he just murders people so we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see how they go so if you have any other cool fun facts about blade or vampires or why wesley snipes doesn't want to pay his taxes you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. <laughs> because he's Blade, that's the real answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard me say that. <laughs> he puts the teeth in right when the taxes get there. He's like, nah, I'm a vampire mm, today. Mm. Gotta get in character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have an email. It is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook. Allentown Presents. For now. Apparently, they're taking this podcast away. So we'll see. I don't know when it's supposed to go away, but yeah. Um, but no, um, I think we're doing maybe 
I can't remember if we're doing any more comic book movies, but this probably is going to be the last one with us. And we're going to pick another genre for next month. I'm very excited because I think I think I want to do heist movies, Greg. And I found you a zombie heist movie. That sounds ridiculous. You think so, but Batista's in it. All right, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The one that Netflix premiered a couple of years ago? Yep. That's a heist movie. It, yeah, I guess it is technically a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Well, is it a heist? Because I'm not stealing it from anybody. It's just, it's there and they need to retrieve it. Uh, that's a type of heist. I've seen a couple of films like that. Hmm. What's it called again? Since Army of it? the Dead? Didn't they already release a sequel? Uh, No, it's it's a side story because the oh yeah 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 or is it a prequel oh it might be a prequel it's either a prequel or a spinoff or something yeah yeah so i think uh, it's a prequel it's a prequel yeah it's a prequel so yeah i think we're gonna do some heist movies do another oceans film because there's 50 of those so uh i'm excited i'm excited for the picks we do so like always thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with a heist movie okay bye guys bye Dang, techno, open shirt, punk, haircut looking. That's the dudes you want to fight in school, man. <laughs>